I mentioned to you earlier on about Father Tom, he once shared with me saying that, you know, go where you best listen. Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host, Dennis. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint or two of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing this evening? Good, Robert. I think this is uh, two guests in a row for me, or am I taking over your territory now, or is it, did we... You're killing me, right? buddy. Yeah. You're and killing getting, me. I, I know, I'm almost, I think I'm getting as just as good as guests as yourself, Robert, I, if I'm I not think, mistaken. I think you are. We had I Father think... Chris last time, that was an excellent uh, podcast, right? Exactly. No, a lot of a lot of great feedback on that. Uh, yeah. So it was an excellent conversation with Father Chris, and you've lined up on another great guest for us. Another great today. guest, a layman. Yep. Today. And I mean, we've had to take a, a little bit of a hiatus for the summer. We've both had a very busy, busy summer, a, a yep. lot of time on the road, uh, which is great. And we'll maybe get into that a little bit later as we're chatting later. with our guest, if not, you know, in, in the next one. But uh, we thank you to our listeners for hanging in there and coming back hopefully they were going back through some of the older episodes uh so that they weren't missing out on their pints and pews over the summer months they need their pints and pews fix robert and uh, i need my pint fix yeah so we better get started shortly do you let's get rolling so why don't you introduce our guest for us this evening there sir okay i will our next guest comes to us from korea charlie min was born in korea he moved as a child with his family to mississauga Grew up in the Mississauga area, for which for our listeners is just west of Toronto. Pursued a phys ed degree at the University of Toronto, later transferred to Ottawa University, graduated from Ottawa U, went into the IT field for a little bit, and eventually became a financial planner with Investors Group for over 10 years now. Charlie Min lives with his wife and three children in North York, which is just a suburb of Toronto, and we welcome him to the Pints and Pews podcast this evening. Welcome, Charlie. Charlie, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, sincerely, thank you so much. Oh, no, it's our pleasure. Uh, I know Dennis has been really excited about getting you on. He's been talking about uh, having you on the show for months now. I know. Literally, I, I think, literally for months. And... I have been talking, and I don't know if it was just because when we talk about financial planning and Catholics and it seems like oil and water often, Robert. It's not always a history that goes back a long way, but it's important for our listeners and for Catholics in general to be good money managers, correct? 100%, 100%, because if you're not managing that money wisely and ethically, uh, you're not going to be able to make your tithe payments into the church and support the, the church that is there <laughs> for the salvation of our souls, right? Absolutely. Maybe not quite tithe, but certainly, certainly making our Sunday donations for sure. That's why they call it a dime, my friend, right? A dime. (laughs) Actually, I I say that in literally in France, they would have these porches outside of the churches where people would bring their product to give us a tithe because they didn't necessarily have the cash. And these porches where people would bring from their harvest to give to the church as their offering, the porch was actually called the dime, la dime. La dime. Wow. Okay, so there you go. 
Right. So I, I just I always thought that that was pretty cool. So that's uh, that's all I put in the collection basket is a dime. Dime. Okay. <laughs> so it's five five cents more than me. Well, listen, we he's got a great story, Charlie. But of course, I want to get the beers going, and you usually take a long time. So we'll talk about our beers and say grace before meals, and then we'll let Charlie. Let Charlie come into the conversation. Grace so, before meals. We're eating today. I didn't bring oh, any Grace chicken wings. Beers. <laughs> Excuse me. It's so late. I, I'm forgetting the time. What time is it now? So, Charlie, what have you uh, brought to drink with us today? Uh, so, I brought my, um, it's called a Moosehead Crack Canoe. I like Show, that one. Let's, let's, let's have a look at that, Charlie, and we'll describe it yeah. to our viewers there. Yes. Oh, so oh, Moosehead sure. makes that. Yes. And, oh, I didn't uh, know that. I thought Crack Canoe was a different. Is there a different Crack Canoe? But Crack Canoe has always been Moosehead. I did not know that, Charlie. Yeah, it's their lighter uh, lager. It's a it's a premium beer. It's uh it's e- easy to drink. It's light and it's refreshing. Right, and it's a full yeah. pint for you, which is which is a lot of beer. <laughs> it's quite tall, you know. Yeah, it's easy and flush, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but say, it sounds like we've got Father Eric Ma back on the show. He said the exact same. He thing. said the exact same. And I remember Charlie when Charlie came in. Full disclaimer to the listeners: now Charlie is my financial planner, so I thought I put out there. But I remember when Charlie was at the house there a couple of years ago. He had the one small bottle of Corona, and I, I don't think Charlie Min finished that bottle. And it was a pretty hot day, <laughs> did you, Charlie? But so, I was focusing on you. That's okay. focusing on you. Service to myself and Paula and my wife. Exactly. That's, That's okay, because I've had a financial planner over at our house, and you know, halfway through the meeting, he just closed up his stuff and said, yeah, I don't think I can work properly anymore. So, Oh, wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> So, well, Charlie's available. <laughs> so, so the, 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 good on Charlie for being such a, a professional. I've had the crack canoe before. I like that. It's it's a yeah. great beer for a, a summer evening like we've got today. Absolutely, Dennis. What have you? What are you opening there, sir? Well, Robert, it is September the second, and that means baseball pennant time has arrived. And as you guys know, the Blue Jays are in the heart, thick of it right now. They're holding on to that third and final wild card position. So I brought in, it looks like it's a Blue Jays can of beer. Ooh. It's produced by Mill Street Organic. It's got the little Blue Jays log- logo at the top. It's a blue Ooh. can. And it is a unfiltered lager from Mill Street Organic. So I'm going to start to pour that as you tell us what you've got today, Robert. Well, I was going to say, if I if I remember correctly, Mill Street, too, they're out of the roundhouse that's just beside the stadium. <laughs> that's right. Well, they they yeah. brew their beer right beside the stadium. You're exactly right. Yeah. So for me, a couple of weeks ago, it was our 26th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Um, oh, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. As long as... Uh, my mom's checks to my wife don't bounce. I think we're good for another 26 uh, more. We, we like to call her St. Ellie. Robert just refers yeah. to her as Ellie. But, but uh, the, the, the joke between Ellie and my mom right now is that I was 26 when we got married. And now we've been married for 26 years. So Ellie says it's my mom's turn to take over again. Like They're, <laughs> they're, they're doing 26-year shifts between for the, the two next of them. 26. So oh, wow. from the Alora Brewing Company... Uh, my oh. wife actually got this for me from uh, for our anniversary. It's a, a Friends Forever Pale Ale. Oh, I just nice. thought that was uh, just kind of really sweet for um, you know a gift. So I got the Friends Forever. She got me a Muskoka Peach beer, which was uh, a Kolsch, which was really nice as well. And from our local here in Port Perry, the Old Flame, no regrets. Right? No regrets. So nice, was, nice. So it was. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, kind of all based on the, the anniversary theme. Uh, but yeah, I thought I'd try this, the Friends Forever. 
in saying that though, as much as my wife is my best friend, if you want to be cliche and kitschy like that, but more than that as well, I think both you gentlemen would say the same, that as much as your wife is your best friend, um, it's the, the two become one flesh and then they really are the person that completes you and, and is much more than, than just a friend or a wife even. Yeah, well put, Robert. And you know That's what? A beautiful awesome. part of the province, too, Alora Fergus, just about an hour, an hour and a half northwest of Toronto. If you ever get a chance to get out there, beautiful part of the country. Yeah. yeah uh, nice a, pour, a, Robert. Good. Looking good. Yeah, Looks I'm like actually mine. getting this to, to do this properly yeah. this time. See, mine is unfiltered, as you can see, a little bit cloudy. See that? You've got yeah, your the same here. There, there was a little bit of sediment just went into the bottom of the glass. So it looks good. Then you got the Mill Streak Organic, right? Um, yeah, well, it's. We're calling it the blue wave. It's called blue wave because it's pennant time. So it's blue Jay blue wave. So I think it's probably similar to the mill street organic. I don't know if it's exactly the same, but I'm dying for a taste. So we're bare. If you will lead us in prayer in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Bless O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race and grant through the invocation of thy holy name that whoever shall drink it may gain health and body and peace and soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers, Charlie, Robert. Cheers. Our beers look exactly the same. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that is good. Oh, refreshing. That... that, that, uh, crispness that right amount of, of hoppy i'm getting that crispness and hoppy too yes i didn't which i'm you know i'm not a crazy fan but this is this is good this is kind of a one for me uh charlie how's yours it's nice and cool refreshing yeah. for nice. sure yeah right out of the can eh charlie right like out of the can i'm like sorry that. i didn't pour it out on the no we, like we always have a glass but a lot of our guys do the can thing that's perfectly yeah, fine that, that's okay we're just yeah, older than you charlie intense. that's all <laughs> Okay, so this is where we kind of uh, get out of the way, uh, Charlie, and we ask our guests, in this case yourself, to just kind of take us back a little, if you will, and just kind of begin where you want in terms of your faith journey, if you want to go right back to the beginning and just speak a few minutes about that, tell our listeners all about you. Yeah, sure. Uh, So pretty much I grew up in a Korean Catholic church. And uh, I recall my earlier memories at the Basilica downtown, St. Paul. That's, uh, I guess, one of the earlier churches that the Koreans rented out there. And uh, the bell towers playing with the pigeons, or the dead pigeons, I should say. Um, Yeah, and, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was an altar server, like an altar boy. Um, and, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit from elementary, I ended up uh, going from, you know, high school, I went to Father Gates, which you mentioned earlier on, uh, you know, for me personally, um, I, I think the, with my faith journey, I would say that it was in my latter years of university. Right. That's, okay. That, so I just want to stop where... you for one sec. So you're, sure. you're, you've, you've immigrated from Korea with your family to the west side of toronto to mississauga how do you end up in the downtown basilica of saint paul's like that's quite a trek for our listeners if they don't realize the distance there was this a big korean 
meeting place, if you will, for you guys at I, the time? Or Yeah, at that time, I think there was only one uh, Korean Catholic church, and that's where uh, uh, now, today, there are two uh, Korean churches, one in the East End and one in the West End. So, but the original location, I guess we all like met downtown. The first right, one at St. Paul's. Okay. So at you're growing up and now your, your parents were both regular churchgoers. They, they took their faith from Korea, of course, the Korean martyrs, but um, a lot of with, with a lot of you and everybody in the community, you congregated at St. Paul's Basilica. You were going there every Sunday for mass. Is this what I, that's correct. Okay. Okay. And so then uh, Catholic elementary school, Catholic high schools, and then you go off to university, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. So my father actually, uh, so he studied philosophy in Korea and in university. And then what ended up happening was that uh, he was more Confucius. But uh, when he came to Canada, he, he they all converted and became Catholic. And then we were, uh, we we're all baptized. I was baptized there at the Korean Catholic Church downtown. And uh, I, I have two older sisters as well. So, mm-hmm. okay, so you're yeah. you're all converts to the faith, converts to the faith. I did sure. not know that. I did not know that. <laughs> and uh, my Korean name is uh, Min Sugi, which is like uh, in translation, it's the Book of Numbers in the Bible. So, okay, uh, that, that's very cool. So the, the yeah. Min Sugi, yeah, in Korean translates to the Book of Numbers. Correct. <laughs> wow, that that is wild. That is kind of wild. And uh, yeah, so yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, but I'm just curious as the conversion, what was the impetus for that? Were there uh, relatives that were Catholic? Did you, did your father do a lot of studying? What, what took you? I think he just liked the, I think primarily, I think it was the Catholic education. I think he was more attracted to that, I guess, making that decision. So as a as a young, we're the only actually real, like I have no relatives. They're all in in Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, just recently, my my aunt uh, came over, but um, but uh, yeah. So with my dad, I guess he just uh, he scouted out, or he probably just wanted to search for something that would be good for our, for our family. And uh, and you know, growing up, every single place that I've lived at, I was always close to the school. Um, that I would attend. So, um, yeah, and uh, it, it's kind of funny, but uh, yeah. And then I drifted a little bit in elementary school, like meaning that uh, when I got into high school, um, I wasn't going as regular to as every we can all relate Sunday to. Class. Yep. But, uh, but what kept me close to my, uh, I guess, close to the, the church itself was that I used to play in those Korean sport teams. So we would have like these uh, soccer tournaments, uh, baseball tournaments, and, uh, and this would be every single year. And, uh, and that's what, uh, uh, if anything, um, that kept me closer to the church, (laughs) ironically, during my uh, high school years kind of thing. So if that makes sense. So the Catholics would play, the Korean Catholics would play the Methodists would play the Presbyterians would play all these different churches within the Korean community. Yeah, yeah. So cool. it was it was organized in such a way where so like like I told you, the Koreans had now two churches now. So I belonged right. to the West End, and then there was an East End team as well too, St Andrew Kim. And um, so uh, and then there would be we would they would also invite like the Protestants, Presbyterians, or the Methodists <laughs> or whatever, all the different Korean churches that were out there in the GTA. And uh, and we would have like you know we'd go to Centennial Park in Etobicoke, 
and rent out the whole entire fields there. And uh, we would have like a weekend tournament, like uh, back-to-back kind of thing. So, Charlie, I just, I find this kind of ironic that uh, it was the sports teams that kept you in there. And, and you're talking about the tournaments and the, the different parishes where, you know, a lot of people now kind of will say sports is what's keeping them from, from coming to, mm. to church on Sunday. So I, I think that's pretty, pretty cool that that's um, what kind of kept you there. I'm kind of curious Outside sure. of language, is there a difference in the, the rite or a difference in the liturgy between Korean church and the, the English language church? Or is it just basically the, the language that the Mass is set in? It just is it's translated, right? So uh like I'm not very strong in my Korean. So I would I, I would have a there would be an English ministry. But there would also be one with the families where it's all Korean as mm-hmm. well, too. So when I was at the Korean church, I was fortunate to to come like I I had there's priests that were um that were actually American or they're they spoke English, but they could also speak Korean. So I think I mentioned this to Dennis before. There was a like I'm very close to this one Jesuit priest. His name is Father Tom Sherman. And uh, he helped out with the uh, English ministries, but Father Tom, being a Jesuit, uh, he mastered in a number of different languages. So, uh, so uh, yeah, it was uh, it was nice having him um, growing up and uh, and having him as a spiritual director during the time when I was attending the Korean Church. So that's great. Okay, yeah. so we'll we'll uh, so you were telling us you were entering high school, so like. Like yeah. unlike a lot of us, maybe myself and Robert included, as we go into university, we fall a little bit away from the faith. You actually went the opposite way, and you kind of fell into the faith a little bit deeper. Maybe tell us about your going off to university and and deepening your faith, Charlie. Yeah. So um, from high school, it was like uh, going to university. Well, high school is is very um, how do you say it? like uh, other than going to a Korean church on Sundays. You know, being growing uh, in high school, it's very diverse, right? So you have all the different mm-hmm. nationalities and everything like that. But uh, but when I arrived to University of Toronto, I had no idea that I'd be hanging out with so many different Koreans for some strange reason, right? So I just started meeting a whole bunch of uh, Koreans that were either Catholic or of different denominations, right? So, um, so anyways, during university, I would say that uh, in my latter years especially, I would say that uh, that's where I kind of question more about my faith. I, I would attend these different Christian fellowship groups that were on campus um, and that were not Catholic. For, okay. It would be more like uh, Christian fellowships. And uh, and sometimes I attend these different Bible studies and all that stuff, right? But, um, but you know, it's funny. Like, at the end of the day, um, like, I, like I mentioned to you earlier on about Father Tom, he once shared with me saying that, you know, go where you best listen. And, you know, you know, I prayed and reflected on that. And, uh, and at the end of the day, like, you know, my comfort level, obviously, uh, was with the Catholic Church. I, um, you know, attending a silent retreat at Matarisa, you know, kind of kind of helps that out as well, too. And uh, I kind of prayed on that. And, uh, yeah, I just I would say that in my latter years, uh, I just kind of grew closer to, to God during that time period. And uh, was there a Catholic campus ministry that pulled you in as well? Or 
So this is uh, really funny because, um, like, I'm quite involved with uh, the Newman Center. I was about to say that, yeah. Uh, but I didn't really discover Newman until, um, you know, I came back from Ottawa. So I was like, I, don't, I know it sounds crazy, but when I went to Ottawa U, uh, so I left University of Toronto. And uh, while I was there at U of T, at knowing all these different Christians, I got to see Wycliffe. I saw Knox Presbyterian. I had a number of friends that were ministers as well and things like that. So, um, no, so I ended up... Uh, so you, you know, didn't actually spend any time at the Newman Center, the Catholic Newman no, Center I, at, at the U of T, which you spend never. a lot of time now. So that's totally ironic, the fact yeah, that I, you're doing ministry there now. But go on, Charlie, yeah. <laughs> I know, it's pretty crazy. But, uh, yeah, I ended up going to Ottawa, and that's where, um, uh, you know, I, I, I met... A couple of uh, at that time they were uh, entering the the vocations office or the their what do you call that before they become seminarians to the so it's like a, like at Sarah House Sarah House yep. it's like a discernment time period yeah. right so yeah, yeah so um, I met up with uh, well he's a priest now so Father Peter Choi oh yeah I know and, Father Peter and then there's also Father Minkyu Park and both of them are. Um, uh, what called they were at Ottawa at the same time that I was there, and uh, and that's where we both we all got involved with the Korean Catholic Church. Ironically, there, okay. <laughs> and uh, and that's where I met out of all places Father Pat, um, because those two were part of the uh, vocations in Toronto, right? So they were studying at a Dominican house, and uh, Father Pat would visit. And uh, and I got a chance to meet him there. And now, this is now Father Pat O'Day, who Father is Pat now Monsignor Pat O'Day, Pat O'Day, who happens yes. to be your pastor now at, at your parish in Toronto, right? At St. Edward's. At St. Edward's, uh, yeah. yeah. And plus Father Mark, of course, at Newman Center. <laughs> Father Mark, of course, yeah. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, anyways, but I, once again, uh, I, after Ottawa, I came back to Toronto, and that's where, uh, knowing that Father Pat was leaving the vocations office, and then uh, he was assigned to the Newman Center, uh, there was that there period of time where I was kind of reflecting, thinking to myself, where will I be going? Um, and that's where uh, a few things happened at the Korean church. I decided that, you know what, maybe I'll check out a different parish. So that's where I ended up going to the Newman Center. Right, right downtown Toronto. Okay. Just now, at this time, you're just you're just as a parishioner. Or are you doing music ministry at this time too, Charlie? No. So it's funny, Father Pat or Monsignor, I should say. It's uh, he quickly assigned me to help out and lead with retreats. Um, so I got involved, and that's where um, even like uh, in 2001, like before World Youth Day, we had the I led our team, our World Youth Day team there, and. Um, so I just got involved with more of the, I guess, uh, campus ministry kind of related kind of, I, there wasn't like, there wasn't like a defined role for me, but it was just more like I was just helping out in certain areas. But it was uh, the summer of 2002 where the choir director stepped down for the evening mass. And that's when uh, uh, Monsignor asked if I would take over and lead the music ministry there. Now, and, do you have any musical training 
before that or like i don't they, i just yeah. i know for a fact that neither dennis or i are ever going to be asked to lead the musical ministry at any one of our parishes guaranteed <laughs> yeah okay so the, i actually don't have any music background that's uh, so interesting so here's a priest he yeah. says you know what i'm looking for charlie you go for it. you don't have any uh, musical uh, background that seems like a perfect fit i don't get that at yeah. all charlie explain no no he saw me playing obviously i i played the guitar with the korean community so i did uh lead the music ministry there in my church but uh the thing is um but musically like i I'm not like my wife, obviously, is the real deal. Clea graduated from Glenn Gould. She's a lyric soprano. You know, she's, you know, a trained vocalist and, and you know, obviously sings from her heart, right? But uh, <laughs> whereas myself, I'm like the Lionel Richie of karaoke kind of thing, right? But uh, <laughs> he did all but, right, Lionel Richie. <laughs> but with, with music, I like, you know, seriously, um, we're really blessed at Newman Center because uh, there's a lot of talented musicians that are there. And for me, like I know um, leading the ministry, it, it's helpful to have these instrumentalists that, that accompany and help, right? And uh, and for us, like we have a different vision there. Like it, I don't know if you've been to Newman Center in the evening mass, but uh, like for us, the choir, the true choir is the congregation. So we're like a very singing community. And, uh, you know, it's it's our job to make sure that we facilitate and lead the, the music. And it's obviously, uh, you know, we're here, um, it's spirit-led. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, we're all about the fact that, you know, like, it's not, uh, it's, it, I don't know. You're, you're not there it. to put on a concert, which no, is. No, it's, not, which it's is, not a concert. No. So, so often that's a, a bit of a misnomer at the parish where the congregation thinks that the, the choir is there to put on a concert. Mm-hmm. I've been in some parishes where the choir thinks they're there to put on a concert as as well, but re- really it's a ministry and you're, you're there to be leading the, the congregation. Exactly. And that's. Uh, that's exactly uh, how um, with music. I'm like a baseball coach, really giving mm-hmm. the signals. But uh, but I have um, yeah a wonderful roster of musicians that are are there to serve and to be witnesses, right? So and uh, yeah, it's uh, I've been doing doing this for like 20 years now, and even though I don't have that music background, Father Pat or Monsignor did trust me. <laughs> And so yeah. did all the other priests that are there all as the priests well, that too. have come after him. Yeah. So it's uh, my mission, obviously, is to to make sure I bring out the best in my the ministry, right, for the people. So. And, and does your your classically trained wife ever sometimes after mass take you aside and just kind of shake her head and? Yeah. <laughs> so Robert, I actually met Clea at Newman. She was a campus oh. minister. Oh, and wow. she was okay. part of the the music ministry for a number of years, and uh, and she, she took still... pity on you, or did you marry there too, Charlie, or no? Uh, well, actually, I married at uh, Blessed Trinity because that's okay. her parish. Her parish, yeah. yeah. No, we got married. Myself and Paula were married at Newman Center. That's why I just say that. Although it's been a few years since, and I think you've revamped the church there. They used to the pews used to face each other. Now they face. Yeah, face the altar, correct? Yeah, that correct, was, correct. That was the old, uh, the old style. It, it's a different arrangement. But, it's a different uh, arrangement, but it's a beautiful little, uh, beautiful little church and beautiful little campus ministry right in the heart of of Toronto, in the heart of U of T. I don't know if you've ever been down there, Robert. I, I was going to say I've I've never been to the Newman Center. Oh, you'll you'll uh, you should make a 
you know, try to get down there once. It's really nice. It's a beautiful century-old building right on the corner of uh, St. George and Hoskin. I'll I'll have to look for it the next time I'm in Toronto. Yeah, when I was in university, campus ministry was the the furthest thing from my mind, unfortunately, in in those days. But you were starting to share there, uh, Charlie, about how you and Clea kind of, you met at Newman Centre. Yeah, we met there and... uh, but I, yeah, we met there and we um, actually, after, you know, four years of dating, uh, we ended up uh, getting married. And uh, but now uh, Clea is also involved with her music ministries as well. So she's a choir director at uh, for Jones Choir at Blessed Trinity. Absolutely. But primarily because of COVID, um, she's been a cantor, right? So she sings at uh, Blessed Trinity and sometimes she helps out with uh, Monsignor at St. Edward's as well, too. So. And uh, yeah, yeah, both, <laughs> both very, very busy. churches. Yep, yeah, busy, We're... busy. Are the kids helping out now, Charlie, in music ministry, or not quite yet? No, it's uh, we're hoping maybe one day they'll they'll uh, after you know growing up and hearing the music and uh, they'll it'll be familiar for them and hopefully they'll get involved. But I, uh, I think you will see that just based on my own experience. Uh, a very good friend of mine, he was actually the best man at, at our wedding. Right. Um, his dad was the, the choir director and very involved in music ministry across the archdiocese. Uh, and then my friend as the son actually grew up and took over the choir from his dad oh, wow. and, and has been involved in the, the music ministry as well across the archdiocese. So, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that happening. Like, and, and then his kids as well, uh, there's some musical talent in there as well. So. Yeah, I wanted so, to, to kind of share with you guys, not to, to go back to this music, is that, uh, so in 2002, there was a lot of that, um, how do you say it, there's a lot of um, that Christian contemporary style of music. So Robert, like if you've never been to Newman, uh, we really emphasized on more of the contemporary music. So like, if you could think of uh, like praise and worship kind of uh, songs, so we would have like the guitars, the pianists, a violinist, we had drums, we had a, a whole bunch of uh, different arrangements. Oh, I, so. I, I, I have to yeah. apologize. <laughs> You're not doing a very good sell job for me, but that's that, that, that's just that's just me personally. I, I, I know that there's some people that they they really en- enjoy that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. For me, if you bring bring back the chant and. <laughs> Yeah, and the, and the organ, so, but that's but that's that's just me. But, but Robert, I, this I, might I have changed it. though that you said that was in 2002, Charlie. Is that is that continued for the 20 years or since, or is it still? Oh, no, no, it's just it's uh, I, I every um the 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. they have the unique styles, right? right? So, and but I'm not saying, uh, like, of course, Robert, like if you're comfortable with the the chants in Latin or whatever, well, uh, like you were just saying, you were um. The your your Jesuit friend growing up said, "Go where you best listen." Of course, right? And, and so, and, and some people are going to listen best with the the praise and worship. And, and don't get yeah. me wrong, I'm just saying like that's that's so who so I. So you're am. saying you're not a tambourine kind of guy. It, it's it's not that? just no. praise, it's not just praise and worship though. We do a mixture of obviously. Excellent. Uh, Well, listen, so you're you're doing ministry for the Newman Center. You're working in the IT field. You've graduated from university. You've got a job. You get married, but you're not in finance at all. So now you're my financial planner. So you got to take us through these steps here. How the heck does Charlie Min end up in financial planning when you really 
didn't start out that way. Charlie, explain. Yes. So I uh, so after uh, my IT stint, I uh, I wanted to uh, do something a little bit different in my career. So I wanted to try to get some uh, real life sales experience. So I ended up starting a design company. So okay. more like branding, uh, branding like commu- design and communications company. So. I partnered up with a good friend of mine from high school who graduated from OCAD. And, uh, and then from there, the the Ontario college of art and design, just for our listeners. Yep. Yeah, correct. Uh, So after, uh, you know, after five years of running the business um, in 2009, my father, uh, he was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And so I decided to uh, take, take some time off from work itself. But, um, but anyways, I having shared this, uh, like this whole, uh, why did I end up becoming a, a financial planner? Mm. It's because during those years that I, um, had my design business, my business coach and, uh, like a mentor of mine, uh, he worked for IG and, uh, he was a fund manager and, um, yeah, so I didn't really know that side of him in terms of his day-to-day work, but more, it was more like he was a a coach for me, for my business. And I also knew him through the Catholic ties through Newman Center. And, uh, and for me, if anything, he was such a, in my eyes, he was a great role model and, and seeing that how he uh, practices his faith and with his children and his family, that's something that uh, gravitated or made me feel like, you know, uh, if if this person could work for IG, uh, this must be a good company. <laughs> so uh, also, um, Dennis, it's really funny because uh, uh, my marriage prep counselor was a very close friend of mine as well too, and uh, and he uh, he's he's actually now retiring from the business itself, and uh, so I ended up. Um, mentioning to Mario that I applied for a job at IG mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I ended up at t- uh, taking that road because um, the reason why I uh, stepped away, like I mentioned to you about my father uh, being diagnosed and all that, um, it, it was a career change for me, but I wanted to do something that I felt was uh, somewhere that would line up with my strengths. And it was really with people. And it's that whole relationship management. Yeah, we spoke that. about that before, Charlie. The relationships, yeah. working with people, building relationships, building trust with people, and and being able to take those a lot of the faith aspects that you have in your life and bring them into your relationships with your clients as well. No, for which sure. we which we have done together, and uh, of course, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's why I ended up at <laughs> all places. I ended up. Uh, uh, you know, applying for a job in this industry because I, I really wanted to make that impact. And I also felt that uh, it is a sensitive topic, like in terms of dealing with personal finances. But uh, but I also felt that this was an area that where, you know, I, um, it's usually with finances, it's like a taboo. Don't talk about it kind of thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, uh, mm-hmm. but I felt like, you know what, I don't have any really close friends in this industry. And... In fact, I don't even know any family members in this industry other than my business coach and my marriage prep counselor, which I became close friends with. So I realized, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try something that's a bit different. And 
And I think this would allow me to uh, still live my entrepreneurship kind of spirit um, and also, you know, have that flexibility so that I could uh, manage my time properly and be there with my family. So, so th this is uh, the reason why I ended up uh, choosing uh, IG. And uh, at that time it was called Measures Group, but uh, now it's called IG Wealth. And uh, yeah, so I'm happy with my decision, obviously, but, uh, and thank you for being such an awesome client, but. Uh... <laughs> no, thank you for taking me on there. We had a great, like you say, we had, I had a great uh, advisor before you in, in Mario Loretto and he, he gave you a number of clients as he kind of semi-retired and I happened to be one of them. And we kind of, it was a perfect fit for sure, Charlie. You know, yeah. I, I find this very intriguing, just the, the notion of faith and business that you're, mm -hmm. you're talking about. There's a lot of times that the perception of, of high finance is very much a, a cutthroat business and, you know, do whatever it takes to get to the top. And, you know, the, the, there's worship that goes on, but it's it's worship of the bottom line, worship of the the dollar. And you you mentioned about how this friend Mario, you know, kind of really showed you how faith and business can can go together. And why do you think it's so important that we do bring faith? into that aspect of our lives like so so often we look to compartmentalize our lives our faith goes here our sports go here our financial life goes here but why is it important for us as catholics to base a lot of our financial decisions or to to just approach our finances from a place of faith yeah i i think it's obviously uh it's very important um to make that self-awareness, like uh, understand that uh, there is a need uh, for advice. But, it, you know, when you look back into this whole situation about uh, tying this back to your faith and, uh, uh, you know, everyone sees that dollar differently, right? And, mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, it's, uh, and everyone has a unique situation. Right. Um, but all in all, we know that, you know, uh, as Catholics or as people practicing in their faith, you don't want to be consumed by the glory of money, obviously. Right. right? It's not an end, is it, Charlie? No, it's a means no. to help. It should be a means to help your family, to help other no, people. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. Not, neither is it for us to like dig a hole and start putting money in the ground mm -hmm. kind of thing. And that, then, yeah, there was uh, the, the reading, kind of thing, the right? gospel reading not so long ago than the <laughs> last right, few yeah. days. No, no, that's for me, it's one of the hardest things. I'll be praying my, my morning rosary as I'm walking the dog. And I go right by, there's an advertisement for the Lotto Max, right? You know, it's the, oh. the, the jackpot is now $20 million. And so as I'm trying to pray my rosary, like, what could I do with $20 million? Well, obviously the first 2 million, 10% has to go to the church. <laughs> so if I, if I win that, you know, Lord, I will, that'll be the first check is you know, kind of. It reminds me, I got to get a ticket. Thanks for the <laughs> reminder. <laughs> but like our, yeah. I think our, our, our faith financial planning has to go beyond that. Yeah. When I make that windfall, of course. Yeah. That, no, I promise Lord, the first check I sign is to the church. Um, no, so yeah, no, just it's so, no, but you make a good point though, Robert. The fact that you can, yeah. you, you know, you marry the two, and and when before you took over, and and Mario was, you know, I'd see articles or I'd see letters to the editor from Mario on the Catholic Register. So yeah. I put two and together. Here's a guy managing my money, but still being able to practice his faith, 
And I think yeah. for you, Charlie, that's very important. And for me to have somebody who I can trust, somebody who practices, who I know will do good by me because I know that he's a faith-filled man. So that's something I think, Robert, when we think about that, we want people managing our money who we can trust in the faith. And that's, that's 100%. important. And I, especially today when you said, you know, you see all these unscrupulous maybe figures in the public media and the public eye mismanaging money. It's good to know that somebody's going to take your money seriously, but take their faith seriously as well. And it's, it's also like in fairness, you just have to be a very good listener, hmm. right? Everybody, again, when I mentioned earlier on, like they're, it's unique given their situation, right? right. So people are going to make those decisions, right? But, uh, you know, of course, I'm going to be here to help uh, provide options. But, uh, but the reality is that, um, you know, people do the things that they do because there's a reason behind it. So I think what's really important too is that, um, you know, I'm not into this whole thing about, you know, creating all these funky looking plans with all these charts and designs and whatever kind of thing, because the reality is that um, a person's plan is, it's a, it's something that's dynamic. It's living. It's, it's something that requires a lot of communication. Um, You know, you, you basically have to make sure that, uh, you know, when you're working with someone, you're, you're communicating with them because they can't, you can't just assume, or the advisor cannot assume that everything is all peachy and everything is fine and normal because a crisis, a crisis could be happening or something could be happening. Right. So there's a lot of things that I would say that, um, you know, communication is key. And, and when I say also listening, listening, this is interesting because as Christians and, <laughs> and when we tie things back to our faith, right. You know, we do the things that we do, uh, it might not look good in the material eyes or the world, right? But people do what they want to do because it, there's a purpose behind it. Like if they want to gift right. money to someone, it's not stupid, right? It's right. If it's smart, if it could be done and utilized, then that's what they want to do, right? But often at times, um, you know, again, why did I choose this profession? Why did I go to this career? Uh, for me, it's more like, you know, my clients don't know this, but usually for myself, I usually it's my process to pray before each of my meetings, right? Um, ask obviously for the Holy spirit to be present and to, to make sure that I'm giving the right guidance and advice and to also make sure that my ear is attentive and I'm listening. So there are, um, you know, for, for people in this profession, for example, obviously uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to knock anyone else or anything else or whatever, but I'm just saying that, you know, it's it's important that that um, you know it's it's not bad to get another opinion just in case because because the person that's work you're working with now might not be the person that you should be listening to, right? So uh, sometimes people just uh, again <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. they just the again it's it, it, it's a taboo kind of industry people don't like to talk about finances but uh, but I think that they need to be aware of uh, what's happening so and that's uh, where that notion of relationship i think is probably paramount in your business yeah, for sure like, like you're saying that that person who you're listening to it might not be the best relationship and you might mm-hmm. not be the most cities or they might not have your your best interests at heart so again coming back to that that notion of listening and, mm-hmm. and being a good listener and 
having that part of the faith to to help formulate the relationship and see that it's you know the the person that you're dealing with and not just the the numbers on, on the page right yeah and and you know it's funny that you mentioned of course you know targets hitting these numbers you know aim for the you know sky high kind of client based person with all the assets and whatever but the reality is that you know like i don't <laughs> i personally don't want to work with people who are so heavily consumed with their money anyways right so but uh but all in general i think that people could do wise things with what they have right and especially um if you know you need to ask as well too obviously right uh, to be able to uh to know what those available kind of options could be for you as well so anyways yeah, and, and i could see that in that business where the the person kind of gets lost in the numbers uh, i remember when i was going through university I, I paid my way through university working at the royal bank uh, mm-hmm. as a as a teller like i was just a a, a lowly minion it's a good job and, 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 it's an important job yeah and, and every year right yeah well that's just it mm-hmm. building relationships with the people coming in and getting to know them and every year we would have our our yearly review and your your salary increases based on your yearly review and every year i was always chastised that i wasn't selling enough at the wicket like mm-hmm. if someone comes up and they're making a deposit and you see they've got x number of dollars in their account try to upsell them to this other account <laughs> and, and i just that's not my job Right. That, that's not, no, you, you didn't send enough people to the bank machine and say, well, I'm, I'm not going to send people to the bank machine. Cause that really is my job. Right. Like why, why would I push someone <laughs> yeah, to go to the bank? And I really felt that everything within the, the corporation, big financial industry was geared towards the numbers. No, and I a see. lot of times the, the, the person would get lost like the the individual who was in front of you and that was one of the nice things as a teller and having been there for four years getting to know the clients that came through being able to call them by name and and building that relationship but i wasn't going to be one that was going to be pushing the the numbers on yeah just a quick little aside there i went to a teller today at the bank for the first time in a couple months and you know what it was really nice speaking to a human being and I could tell with some other clients behind me, a couple of the tellers said hello and called them by name. So that's uh, that's what you're talking about there, Robert and Charlie. We don't get that anymore. Yeah. But maybe there's, is there any financial advice you would have for some of our listeners, for Catholics in general, uh, Charlie? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, once again, I, I think I had mentioned this earlier on, but uh, it, it's important to make sure that you're communicating with your advisor, right? Uh, don't um, don't just sit back, right? And another thing too- it, Well, sorry, if they have an advisor, now you if they have an advisor, most Catholics <laughs> should get somebody to kind of manage their money rather than do it on, them, do it on their own type thing. And if you don't have an advisor, we'll get Charlie's contact information into the show notes. <laughs> Robert always has the contact information at the end of the show, but go on, Charlie. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, no, it's it's important, I think, uh, also with with financial planning. Like, like let's face it, uh, oftentimes people are so, um, they're, they're driven by the investments, right? But investments right. play like one of the six pillars of financial planning, right? So like it, everything ties in together, but you know, there's other areas that you should be focusing on as well, right? There's, there's, you know, there's risk planning, there's retirement, there's tax, there's the state, and there's that whole, even like 
cash flow managing money, right? Like it's that financial management. So all of those pieces, they all talk to each other. They they are integrated, but they're integrated based on your unique situation, right? So every that's why I'm saying everyone is going to see that dollar differently. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but at the same time, um, you know, there, this is where, again, their snapshots are going to be a little bit different, of course. They're, uh, they're, they're going to have different concerns, needs, or whatever. But, but at the end of the day, um, you know, people should just always remember that, um, you know, the, the communication is key. And, uh, you know, it, the reality, too, is that, you know, you, you want to work with someone that you're comfortable with as well, right. too. Right. Right. And that's the, the part where you, you, again, it's finding that comfort is very important. And, um, yeah, and, you know, like, again, Mary was a great mentor for me as well, just because in this practice, but neither am I trying to say that there's, you know, you know, out of 4,000 consultants that mm-hmm. everyone's like Mario. No, right. Mario's right. very unique, right? So be careful in who you talk to, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And uh, yeah, but just uh, make sure once again, uh, you know. And may, may, maybe if you're lucky, you'll be able to have Korean dinner and go golfing with your financial planner as well too, eh, Charlie? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> as we oh, have enjoyed a, a, a dinner and a, a nice golf game too. I think you you beat me last time too, didn't you? Yeah, I was going to say, Dennis, I've seen you golf. I don't know if I could say it was I, a nice golf game, but... I've, I've beaten Robert a few times. I'll just lay that, lay that on you, you now, You've Charlie. beaten Robert every time. Every time? Every, no, every maybe time. a couple of times. I think you beat me once, Robert. Come on. I, I that played was maybe fun. like four times a year. And uh, yeah, I think Dennis is a champ. So No, I, I beat you. I think you had that great game last time. And you, you beat... I think you almost beat Desi too. But anyhow. <laughs> yeah. We digress. As per Anyways. usual, Charlie. Like, thank you so much. I'm, I'm still, my brain is still processing the the, the move from Korea and the conversion mm-hmm. story, and you know, staying in the church because of sports. I, I'm still that 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 still just kind of boggles my mind. Staying in the church because of sports and deepening your faith in university too, which is which is not you know not and, too many not a lot of catholics do that but instead of going off the rails like yeah uh, man, many of us did we won't mention any names well, but you know. no but let's let's face it like university i had to actually leave toronto because i had to focus right so like i kind of obviously I, in my university years i needed to uh, i kind of you know wasn't focused as well on my grades so i ended up going to ottawa you thinking okay i'm going to go out there you know it's four hours away I won't know a single soul. <laughs> I'm just going to focus on my grades and, and just, and study and stuff like that. And, and, then yeah. you got and it's a great city too. It, oh, it is. So, Ottawa is a, it's a, it's a great place as well too. And, uh, and I do want to plug in Newman is a great hidden gem for young adults. Uh, it's a great community. There's a lot of like, I can't, I can't even tell you, like there's so many good people that I've met through just the Newman connection itself. The Newman Center at, at the yeah, University like, of Toronto. Yep. Like everything that I do, you know, when I had my design business, the house at the Newman Center is owned by the O'Connors. And the O'Connors is actually, uh, they're the ones that have that emblem of Laura Secord. So one of my one of my clients uh, ended up uh, doing work for Laura Secord. <laughs> but, I, but the thing is, for me personally, I think that all of that, there's a sort of connection somewhere. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And and speaking of connections, that's why we got you on the show, you know, to have you on Charlie, a faith filled Catholic financial planner to know that you and others like you are out there. I think that's important. And that's what what we wanted our listeners to hear tonight. Robert. Yeah. So, yeah, no, thank you so very much for, for stopping by. I mean, it's usually at this point that Dennis always says, you know, uh, we'll get you one of our, our great ball caps here for coming on the show. But my understanding is you already have one of these. He's yes. one of the few that has those without appearing on the show, because I think, you know, I, I, I think I gave one to you and a couple of, wait, you were golfing that time with I, a couple of priests, were you not, Charlie? And they had. No, no, no I, yes. So. Uh, happened. So oh, he was golfing with Father Matt. Father Matt, he had the because we yeah. had him on the show and you yeah. were golfing with the, who else was it? The former vocation. Yeah. For, former vocation director. Yeah. yeah. Has he been on the show? No, he hasn't. Father Hanser? No, we have to get, we, we should get oh, in touch with him as well. I think he's still at St. Barnabas, correct? Yeah. I grew up with uh, Hansu. Actually, that silent retreat I mentioned earlier on, he right. was there with me. <laughs> okay. We'll, so, have to, we'll have to get in touch with Father we'll Hansu. So we don't have to give him a hat is what you're saying. No, we you can don't. save that hat for Father Hansu. But Monsignor has a hat. I gave him one of the Pints and Pews hats. Oh, so we'll, oh, you gave him the one that you... Dennis, how many hats have you been given out without telling me that, buddy? <laughs> I've we got gave a few hats. <laughs> okay, so I've got more. I've got, we'll send, Robert, we'll send one to uh, Charlie Min. Will we not? Yeah, of course we will. We'll, get, we'll go into Charlie. And that in typical he'll, he'll Christian, he gave away something that was given to him. He gave it away. And that's... <laughs> That's the moral of the story, right? That, that was his tithe that he gave to the church. He gave right. an act to, to a priest. So that, not, quite like, 10%, not quite 10% of his salary, but we'll leave it at that. Guys, it's not about 10, okay? There's no number. Just give what you can. Yeah, more than yeah, yeah. 10. Yeah. 20 so. million. All right. Well, thanks so much, right. Charlie. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so very much for, for stopping by. God bless. Right, take God take bless. care. Bye-bye. Dennis, buddy, once again, you uh, you didn't let the side down. Another oh. great guest here this evening on the so Pints you, of Peace podcast. You're going to put me in charge then. First, Father Chris, and then Charlie Min for financial planning. I'm, I'm on a bit of a roll, Robert, but I heard well, uh, you're taking over now for the fall, I, I would assume. You're you're more than welcome to suggest names, but yeah. I think I'll stay on the organizational end. I think on this. the organization is your forte. Yeah. I, we, no. we, were t- we were talking there with Charlie that you know we've been talking for months. You've been talking for months about having him come on the show, and yeah. I think you texted him the invite like this afternoon or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's so. a couple of days ago. But I ju- I was waiting for the spirit to move me, and you know what? In fact, the spirit did move me a couple of days ago to get to get out the questions to him and the, and the outline and stuff. But yeah, well, again, my, my, great my guests. Spirit, my my spirit was getting ready to kick you up the backside, but that's yeah, all. Your spirit has just got to <laughs> relax a little bit there. No, but uh, Robert, no. um, I know we're like yin and yang. Um, I just felt, you know, uh, I like Charlie because he's faith filled and financial planning. And often that doesn't go together as we've witnessed in the news for the last 10, 20 years. So it's, it's good to have somebody of a Catholic faith-filled nature on the show and and talk about financial planning which i think is important for all of us right we all have to deal with money on a regular basis oh for sure for sure and and i don't think you just have to reserve that for financial planning right i think for any kind of professional that you're you're seeking out that you should Mm -hmm. be looking to go to someone um who has a strong faith who has a strong faith whether it's financial planning or it's for counseling uh 
I know you can't always pick and choose. Yeah, at least here Law, in Ontario for your medicine, for even, medicine yeah, you and can, stuff like that. But can, if you yeah. if you can, someone who has that faith scruples, because like Charlie was talking about, as far as building those relationships yeah. and allowing the faith to to guide the decision making process. I think right. And I love the way he said that too, important. when he goes into a meeting or something, he says a quick prayer beforehand. So, I mean that, you know, that he does live his faith, which is, which is great. Yeah. And I, I'm still floored how sports kept him in the faith yeah. for so many. That's, that's the, you know what, when he was saying out. that too, I was, th- I was hearkening back to like before our time, well, maybe before my time, but not yours in the fifties and sixties. And that was basically in a lot of the inner cities, it was, you know, Catholics versus Protestants in basketball and soccer and hockey and all these pickup games and stuff like that. And, and the Korean community was still continuing that right into the nineties and thousands and stuff like that. Yeah. And there still is that to a certain degree. I remember when my son first started playing hockey um, a number of years ago, the, kind of the house league ice hockey that he got into at first was the, the CYO, the Catholic youth organization. Yeah. I don't know if that's but, so much in the city anymore, but that's good. It's still, I mean, it's it still, it still exists, yeah. but it is now more run as kind of any other kind of recreational sport organization to the point where my son was going to be preparing for uh, first Holy communion. And the CYO scheduled picture day on the same day as the sacramental preparation course. Right. And so we had to make a decision. Is he in the hockey picture or is he going to sacramental preparation? So now, yeah, unfortunately he wasn't in the team picture that year. It's and out of control. Yeah. yeah and, and I spoke to the president of the league and I said like, listen, like this is kind of silliness here. And it was like, well, that's the day we could get the photographer, blah, blah, blah. So, no, I think it is paramount for us when we are seeking out those professionals, financial advisor, right? Like we said, in, in the medical field, lawyers, that they are someone who is is faith-filled. Yeah. So, again, well done, sir. I think it was Okay, excellent. yeah, that was good, Robert. I enjoyed that. Excellent chat. Uh, I enjoyed the chat with Charlie. I enjoyed the Friends Forever Pale Ale from the Allura Brewing Company. Uh, nice and crisp and that that little bit of haze in it, that, that little bit of hoppiness, but without being overpowering. Yeah, and I had, you know what, even though this was an unfiltered lager it tasted more like an ipa and i didn't mind it but it, you know it's it's not my it wouldn't be my first i prefer the mill street organic the other beer that they have but this was a nice refreshing change that's for sure oh very good yeah what about, I, I ha- um what about charlie I, i'm sure he'd like charlie he's, had probably, the still crack canoe. On, he's <laughs> probably still working on his crack canoe well know, he was doing all the talking so like, in all right, fairness yeah. to, to charlie he didn't have as much time to to drink as we did um, I've had the crack still, canoe before. I've enjoyed I've had it. it before. Yeah. And you so, still have your beer. I still have my beer. I still have um, a little bit left too. The time seems to have flown by as we've been going here. And yes, my hourglass is just about empty. And mine too. But it's always a pleasure, both the pint and the conversation, Robert. Especially the pint, Dennis. But it was good to talk about our Catholic faith with Charlie Min tonight, for sure. Very true. Very true. And just before we wrap up here, sir, perhaps there's just one small favor we could ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook and drop us a line there or at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. We'll chat again soon, my friend. 
God willing. And until then, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton. In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless.